0: Well, we're starting a series today called This Year Will Be Different. And, you know, I'm never negative about the previous year, even some of the bad years that I've talked about uh, in our series last month. um, I'm never negative about the year. I'm not someone who's going to post like, oh, thank goodness, 2017's over. Um, So I'm, I'm just always excited because God's always done something in those years, but I'm always ready for the next year. Because to me, if God did this last year, what is he going to do this next year? And so I am always like have that expectation and that hope. But even knowing that, before 2017 was over, it was halfway over, it was in July, and I told Michelle, next year will be different. And so it was out of that conversation, it's been a multi-month conversation with Michelle, my wife, about next year will be different, now we're in it, and we're trying to make a different. Um, that the idea for this series kind of came forward. And in this series, we're going to be in the book of Proverbs uh, this year. So let me give you some backstory as to why I said that and communicated that to Michelle. So I serve, we're part of a fellowship of churches called the Assemblies of God, which is uh, international. And I serve Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine as district youth director and as assistant superintendent. So as district youth director, I'm helping organize the events our teenagers go on, like youth convention and summer camp. And, and so before I accepted those roles, I went through every calendar date and trip that they had expectation for me to go on. And, and that I'd want to go on. And then every calendar trip that I had for the church. And we, we synced up those two calendars and knew, all right, I'm going to be gone this many days, which is a lot, but we knew like we were just in it. Like, all right, this is what God wants. We're prepared. We're, we're going to do this. So we agreed to do that. I started going on, on all these trips. I was gone pretty frequent. And, um, and then additional trips were added to, to that. And um, and in May of last year, we sold the house that had no heat, which I talked about a couple of weeks ago. And we bought uh, the house I grew up in, which, uh, which we moved out of when I was 18. But so we bought, that, we bought that house. And it was a complete fixer-upper. Things that needed updating when my parents bought it in 1987 hadn't been updated yet. And, and it, was, it was beat. So we, it was full uh, full renovation mode uh we were without a kitchen sink for 4 months um we um uh we lived in one bedroom my wife and four kids we lived in one bedroom for 3 weeks like it was just it was gross and it was beat and it was nonstop every waking moment was urgent trying to get it so we could um so we could like walk without steel-toed boots on. Like, it was just, it was urgent. So I would be traveling, and then when I was home, I wasn't, I wasn't available to my wife and kids because I was in projects, and my kids hated it. They just hated it. They, um, you, you know, they, they they, didn't like it. So halfway through the year, I just began to tell Michelle, like, hey, next year is going to be different. We're going to ease up on this travel schedule a little bit. We're not going to go on everything I want to go on. We're going to go on what's strategic and what's important. And then we're going to get all these major projects done. And then, like, let's just have a summer next year. Let's, let's like, you know, sit on the deck and and, and drink Arnold Palmer half and halves. So, like, let's just let's try to have some fun. In, in 2017, I used almost all of my vacation days on projects, so we, we, we didn't really go on vacation. We had uh, a couple church trips I brought the family on, and so they got to, um, they got to do some fun stuff while I was working, but uh, this year I want to rest, this year I want to have a hobby, this year I want to <laughs> see my kids, like, next year will be different. This year will be different. Maybe you feel that tension, maybe just in a different way, but you just feel like something has to change. I just can't keep doing what I've been doing. I just can't keep living the way I'm living. Something has to change. And you just, you look at your life, you look at the last couple years, the last decade, and you think like, I just, I've made the same relationship mistakes over and over again. I've made the same financial mistakes over and over again. It's the same sins I've always been dealing with, the same problems I've always had, and then kind of, not even it, just a, a different way of, of looking at it, the same unmaterialized dreams. There's that dream you have that you just have never accomplished, you've never taken any steps forward. It's just that dream, whether it's going to be, I'm going to write a book one day, and it's always one day. I'm going I'm to take a class. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to apply for that job. But it's just, you, you look back at it like, I've been saying that for three, four, five years, and, and I'm still saying it. This year can be different. And you know what? This year should be different. God hasn't called us on this mon- monotonous, mundane life where we just repeat the same thing over and over again, like Sunday, church, and then you you're like go to work, Sunday, church, go to work, Sunday, church. like that's not the life He called us to. It's a, really a life of excitement and a life of adventure and, and a, 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 a life that's New every morning, almost. Even though you, we've got the same things that we're always doing, um, it is uh, he—he's he, got new things for us. He wants new things to experience us. So this year can be different. This year could be different. But listen, this year will be different. Like just kind of in faith, it will be different if you will allow Jesus to do what He wants to do in your life. It will be different if you will follow Him wherever he's going to call you to. If you're here, though, it's going to be different. You have to live different. And this is where we stall out. And people tend to respond like this. They just are instantly uh, overwhelmed. They think, oh, great, more things I have to do. I can't even keep up with the things I have to do. And, and so people just like, I'm just going to quit right now. You're like, you know what, I'm going go to I'm gonna go to school, and you open up your FAFSA, and you're like, whatever. Like, I'm not going to go to school. It's not going to happen. I can't fill out this paperwork. I'm just going to quit right now. Listen, things are going to get worse with that attitude. It's not going to get better. Your life's not going to become what you want if you just have that attitude that every time it gets difficult, you're going to just quit and give up. And one thing that we're going to look at in the scripture this morning is the, one of the reasons we're overwhelmed so quickly is because we just look at things like a checklist and all the things we have to do. But for your life, right, for your life, for this year to be different, it's not about the things you have to do, it's about becoming. It's about who you have to become, but that's a process where we're where relying on God to do that work and we're trusting him to do that work and we're just opening ourselves up to him making our different our life our year different to him making us different we're allowing him to grow us to change us and to help us and if you can position yourself there in your heart in your life this year will be different for you our theme verse for the series Is Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six. Says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. This year will be different as you trust in God as you surrender your life to Him, as you're obedient to Him, and He's gonna lead you on the path to the path out of where you are. Jesus wants your life to be different. He wants this year to be different for you. He wants you to live in the abundant life that he created you to live, and he wants you to become the person he's created you to be. He wants you to do that. He, he's not like, oh, I created you, but you know, you know what? I had a plan for you, but I, I take that back. I, I, I made a mistake. You never should have been born. He doesn't respond that way. And here's the one thing. So if you begin to think like, oh, I've already accomplished everything or there's nothing in my life that needs to change, we are all on that journey. None of us are 100% perfected. None of us live in the image of Jesus 100% of the time. So there are still things that he wants to do in my life and things he wants to change in me to help me to become more like him. And for every single one of us, that is true. If you've got your Bibles, open to Proverbs chapter 9, and I want you to stay open on that. So if you've got a physical copy of the Bible, keep your, keep your kind of, keep open to that because we'll jump through a couple of scriptures, this message, and um, on your phone, like keep that open. Don't accidentally open Facebook during, during the message unless you're, uh, you know, unless you just really, something really amazing happened that you have to share with the world, um, if you don't have a physical copy of the Bible, we'd love to give you one. So if you go to the Welcome Center and ask, they've got one for you. Now, in this series, for the next few weeks, we're going to be looking in the Bible, the book of Proverbs. And uh, this book was, uh, was written and also assembled by Solomon in uh, around 900 B.C. So when you're reading your Bible, there'll be some really fine print at the start of a chapter. And it might say, it will say in a couple different Parts and Proverbs like this part was authored by so-and-so, and Solomon was the one who got those different parts and, and stuck them together in the book. Now, in Proverbs, Solomon warns about four different types of people. He warns about the foolish, he warns about the sluggard, he warns about the seductress, and he warns about the scoffer. And he's 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 writing Proverbs from the perspective of a son, a father giving advice to his son, and, um, and he's telling his son, don't go near these types of people, and especially don't become these types of people. And what we're going to do in this series is we're looking at this year will be different. We're gonna, we really want to look at these warnings and understand these things because it can be easy for us to... Uh, to um, to be sidetracked by people like this. And our year won't be different because we've been sidetracked by people. And then also, it's, um, it's scary how quickly we can become these people. It's, it's scary how quickly we can scoff, how quickly we can be lazy. Uh, in Proverbs 9, Solomon is using an illustration about wisdom and folly. F- folly is another word for foolishness. And he, he's telling a story, so he's talking about lady wisdom and lady folly. Now, lady, uh, wisdom and folly are intangible, but he's personifying them to help us to understand uh, what they mean and how they, how they kind of interact with our lives. Now, let me define wisdom. Wisdom is the practical application of knowledge. Uh, And in wisdom, we gain true and lasting happiness. So when you know about the Word of God and then you live the Word of God, that's a wise thing to do. That's wisdom in practice. And as you live what you know, as you live the Word of God, then there's true and lasting happiness. Proverbs 13.13 says, happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gets understanding. It is an important thing to pursue an important thing to, um, to gain. Folly and foolishness is different than our um, cultural interpretation of it. When the Bible speaks of fool and folly, it's, for, it's not referring to a mental deficiency. This isn't just someone who's got kind of a couple of screws loose, uh, but this is speaking to uh, a moral um, perversity. And that's not just perversion, but uh, I was trying to think of an example to help you understand this. And so o- over Christmas break, while I'm running back and forth working on home projects, um, I went to Home Depot. And the first time I ever seen this, I went to the self-checkout register, and there's a sign on the register, only three Home Depot credit cards per person. And I thought, like, you can have more than one? Like, this has opened up a whole world of possibilities to me. But then, just think about, like, if you have three Home Depot credit cards for yourself, like, that's probably, like, that's a great example of folly, I think. Like, that's not a, there's not a lot of wisdom being used there. And so, this is about gain, gain, gain. And, um, like, man, I got, I got uh, this one for my tools. I've got this one for my renovations. And I've got this one for LED light bulbs. Like, like what do you... What do you need that much for? Now, wisdom and folly are similar. They have similarities. And, and here's, here's the biggest similarity. They invite everyone. We tend to think that wisdom is exclusive, and only some people can have it. It's that's, that's not true. We see from this scripture. Wisdom and folly, they have an open invitation to whoever will come and, um, and dine with them and, and hang out with them. We think wisdom is exclusive because we think it's something we have to, you you know, um, one thing people will say is, uh, well, I can't afford college. So they just think like, well, college is the the limiting thing thing for me, but college isn't wisdom. College is something you do if you're trying to advance yourself in a certain career, but college isn't wisdom. Now, while they have something, uh, they're similar also in that they have something to offer us, but they differ in what they have to offer. So let's begin to look at this. Proverbs 9, verses 5 and 6. Lady Wisdom says, Come and eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways behind and begin to live. Learn to use good judgment. They differ in what they offer. Wisdom here offers life. And I love that. I love what it says here in this verse. Begin to live. When you, when you begin to live, uh, when you begin to live in wisdom, like all of a sudden, it just everything changes, and uh, and that's what wisdom is inviting us to. Folly offers excitement. Look at verse 17. It says, lady folly says, is uh, inviting them to come eat and says, hey, stolen water is refreshing. Food eaten in secret tastes the best. Folly's offering this excitement. There's Food is offering food that that they didn't have to pay for. No one had to pay for it. It's free. It's secret. It's wrong, but it's exciting. Come be a part of this. You may be involved, like you're probably not drinking stolen water, um, but maybe some of the things that you're... uh, using your incognito browser for. This might be an example of some of those things that are free, secret, and wrong, but exciting to you. That could be something that, where folly has drawn you in. Folly offers things that make you feel good, but wisdom offers to make your life good. There's a big difference. Wisdom brings a true and lasting happiness, but follow brings a short-term happiness that you always have to look and recreate. I have uh, I have one memory in my I have one memory of my grandfather Pepe Gagné. So I'm French Canadian, so we call them Pepe, and that's uh, better than Mima. Uh, so the um, I have one memory of him. So I was two and a half years old when he died. So I never, I thought I just had this dream of him. And I didn't realize that it was actually a memory till I was a teenager. And I finally like, I, I, it, was, it just seemed so clear to me that I finally asked my mom about it. And I said, i just get this memory of Pepe Gagne, where we were living in Dover, and I was on the counter. And I was eating sugar out of one of those pitchers on the counter. And it was night, and there was a fluorescent tube on over the sink. And Pepe Gagne wheeled into the kitchen on a wheelchair, and he said, "You shouldn't eat that. That's bad for you." And I said, "Does that make any sense to you?" And she said, "Yeah." And so she began to tell me why he was—he was staying at our—he was staying—he stayed with us for a few months that year uh, while I was two years old, and, and he, he passed away shortly after. But he was a diabetic. And so that's why he was telling me about sugar, but he, he was in a wheelchair because he lost his leg from his diabetes, because even though he knew that sugar was bad for him, he didn't stop eating. He, it's not that he couldn't stop, he wouldn't stop. He liked it too much. It didn't matter to him, he lost his leg. He just continued to eat however he wanted to, and then he, and he died just uh, shortly after uh, that memory of him. I mean, that's an example of folly, not to speak bad about some of my relatives, but that's, that's folly. Like, you're, you, you know what you should do, and then you act completely opposite to that. I mean, that's what folly is. Now, wisdom and folly, they both offer something. They're, they're different. They both, they both are enjoyable. Wisdom is enjoyable, and folly is enjoyable, but even then, as you begin to pursue them, they lead to different places. Look at number, uh, verse number 11 says, wisdom will multiply your days and add years to your life. Folly, in verse number 18, says, those who follow folly, little do they know that the dead are there. Her guests are in the depths of the grave. And, you know, we've had, um, uh, some of you have friends who have passed away this year um, from drug overdose. It seems some of you are connected to many people. And, and I, I, you know, I'm friends with you on Facebook, and it seems like you've been mourning pretty regularly the loss of friends. And, I, and so I, I speak very sensitively to this. But folly is he, he, folly. says, hey, why don't you come to a party and let's have some fun? And then for some people, where does it lead to? It leads to just complete addiction and, 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 and death, if not a physical death, just death in your soul, death in your relationships. And th- that's one example of many. You, you know Your incognito browser that you're participating in, you're looking at all these things and it's ex- exciting, and then that leads you to affairs, which leads you to a death of your marriage and loss of relationship with your kids, and, and, and depending on what career you're in, even loss of your job. And we see that all over the place. I mean, from, from uh, uh, news anchors to politicians to, and, and even, even pastors. It's just been all over the news. Folly. And in our head, we know we shouldn't. In our head, we don't even want to sometimes. But we just continue to follow it. Who we choose, wisdom or folly, will determine the outcome of our year. Every single one of us have an invitation to pursue wisdom or to pursue folly. Who will you choose? What will you choose? Wisdom or folly? Now, to reject wisdom is to accept folly. Most people aren't going to say like, yeah, I just want to live a foolish life and Live foolishly and make stupid decisions over and over again. There's only a few people who do that. Um, you'll find them on YouTube. Like, you, <laughs> um, hey, they're making tons of money. So you're like, oh, it must be worth it. Listen. But if you don't choose wisdom, then it will never be different. It will never be what you'd hope it would be. It will never be what God's called you to be. It will never be that unless you pursue that. Proverbs 14.8 says, The wisdom of the prudent is to discern his way, but the folly of fools is deceiving. And Ephesians 5.15 says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. For Michelle and I, my travel... And renovation schedule, I had to realize the, the pace of that lifestyle, where it was going to lead. And in wisdom, you just know, I can't keep neglecting my children like this before bitterness develops in their heart against me and against the church and against Jesus. So in wisdom, I, I have to adjust this to protect their little hearts. In wisdom, I'm able to see that traveling all these nights and and, and not seeing my wife and not going on dates with my wife and just always being caught up in the urgency of the next project isn't going to lead us to where we love each other a year, 10 years, 30 years from now. Wisdom helps you to know that and to decide that. And for me, I had to I just had to make the decision. I'm going to become a person who rests in God. I'm going to become a person who um, my personal achievements and my personal desires aren't more important than God's achievements and desires for me. Because God wants me to be a godly husband more than he wants me to be a great pastor. And God wants me to be a, a, a great and loving and godly dad more than he wants me to have influence uh, in our in our our fellowship of churches and and so the question for you is who do you want to become that what's that thing that you think next year will be different I, this year needs to be different here's the thing that needs to change and and think it think past this is what i need to do but think it deeper who do i need to become who do I need to become? I need my marriage to be different. So it's not, I'm going to buy flowers every Friday and just make this. That's not going to change your marriage. Who do I need to become to have that? And then, you know, a question to ask is how will you pursue wisdom? Obviously, attending church is a great place. To pursue wisdom because we're opening God 's word every single week being a part of a circle when they' starting in February we're opening God 's word every week. how are you do that? So if you close your eyes, I just want to take a moment and pray and if, if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, that's where your pursuit of wisdom starts. The Bible says that Jesus is the beginning of wisdom, and he's found in the pursuit of wisdom, and he is all wisdom. And so you're, you want you, this year to be different than every other, any other year you've lived on this life, then today's the day you make a decision to give your life to Jesus, to follow him. So I want to lead you in a prayer and you can whisper this where you're sitting right now and, and and instantly Jesus is your God. Instantly He's forgiven you of all your sins. Instantly He He, he saves you. So um, maybe you're thinking about it and you're not sure. You can write this down. You can pray this at home. You can pray this with your kids and um, and you can reword it in your own words but just pray something like this. Jesus, I give you my life today. I make a decision to follow you today. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. And I ask you to be my Lord, to be my Savior. I'm going to learn about you and I'm going to follow you and I'm going to love you. And I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Just keep your eyes closed. Some of you now, you, I mean you've been following, and there's just something in your heart that that you're just stuck on, and you just know this is the thing I need that needs to change. This is the person I need to become. And, and so we're gonna the band is gonna sing for a minute, and what I want you to do during this time, and maybe you'll start to write something in your notebook. Maybe you'll write something in your phone. But I just want you right now, as your eyes closed, to begin to think about this, all right? It's next year, January 7th, 2019. And what if the thing that you're praying about right now is no longer a reality? What if your marriage has changed? What if your finances have changed? What if you've pursued God in, in the disciplines that that you know he's calling you to, what if the thing you're praying about right now is no longer a reality? You're different. You've pursued Jesus. You've pursued wisdom. You've allowed him to transform you, and you've become a different person. What will that feel like to finally be free?